Welcome to Westside Unscripted, the podcast where the pastors loosen their ties, throw away their notes, and answer questions about all things theology and culture. I'm Josh Bartels, the assistant to the pastors here at Westside, and I'm joined as usual by Pastor Peter Montoro, our preaching pastor here, and we are going to tackle a practical question about Christian living here in just a second. But before we do, uh, you usually recommend things that you've been reading, things that you've been finding helpful. So what, uh, what's been striking your fancy this week? I'm going to start by recommending something that I have not read and I have not even seen. Oh, wow. But uh, most everyone who's a part of our church has heard of The Biggest Story. Um, and we've read it at various events at the church. I've read it, read it for the children's, children's Christmas party. And actually, so The Biggest Story, I, it was a sermon first. And then uh, Kevin DeYoung put it yeah, as Kevin a blog DeYoung post. preached it, correct. And so like four years, so even before, so I started before we even had kids, when we had Christmas with my nieces and nephews of my wife's family, I would read that story, the original sermon, because it originally was a Christmas sermon before he added the other chapters about the New Testament. And so I was reading that from my phone every year from the, since our kids have been born, I've read that story. So it was like four or five years before the book came out, I was already reading it. And so then someone decided that it was worth doing and, and they came out with the beautiful artwork and I've, I read it, we read it every year at Christmas, uh, both personally and at the church. Um, and so that I've read many, many times and I just absolutely love it. Uh, but there is now a Bible storybook that is the, uh, the biggest story Bible storybook that is coming out. And I have seen this about to come out, about to come out, and it is finally available. Um, and so we are going to order it and have it in the bookstore. Uh, and so I am excited about that, and I'm excited yeah, that that it'll be uh, it'll be coming out. So yeah, it's really great. The biggest story was a beautiful book, and uh, I'm sure so I'm this confident story it's will the same, be really same artist, yeah. same 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 okay, author. Good. So I have yeah, a lot wonderful. of a lot of confidence that it will be it will be good. Excellent, wonderful. And on a much more serious uh, serious note, I've been uh, reading a book called Man and Woman in Christ by Stephen Clark. It's a doorstopper of a book. But I've really been enjoying it. Got a lot of, uh, I'd read part of it before Men's Retreat, and I'm going back and trying to read the rest of it because it's a massive book. But I found it really illuminating and beneficial. So Now, to give people context with that book, that is kind of a linchpin type book in the men and women, the complementarian movement. Is that correct? You How, know, what's, I, what's you know the, I think uh, it, it, it definitely, I think what he's saying is, I find it, it was originally written back in 1980, and it was recently republished. So it's an older book. But I really find it a lot better than what typically gets a lot of my, one of the things about a lot of sort of literature that goes under the, the label of complementarianism is it tends to be very thin. Like, you know, here are the sort of really concerned that women don't be pastors, really concerned about certain things that women can't do, rather than really thinking about, and this, this isn't, you know, the you know, potentially this could be unfair without thinking of a specific book and a specific author, but just as a general tendency, whereas this book feels a lot more robust. And it really, the thing I really like about it is how it, it wrestles with the way our world has changed from the biblical world and the way that means we have to really think through what it looks like to flourish as men, flourish as women. If you've been listening to my preaching recently, this theme has come up and part of it has been inspired by a, a bunch of different reading I've been doing, but this book has been helpful in that, like really thinking through what's it look like that it's creationally good that God made men as men and women as women and living in a society where that's valued and honored, um, or creating at least a community in which that's valued and honored when society doesn't. Yeah, so. good. Sounds good. Well, go out and pick that up if you want to uh, 
tackle a real hefty yeah hefty it is very very hefty but or you can come to church on sundays and get snippets here and there of uh kind of a theology of man and woman as as uh, pastor peter goes through the ordinary yeah, i'll be doing a a series on uh lord willing a series they may have mentioned it before on embodiment um sometime in the summer so that'll be more like a focused dive on that topic yeah so today's question is more of a practical uh christian living type question and that is this how do we balance studying the Bible and reading the Bible? So we've been commanded to know the Bible, to meditate on it and study it. And then obviously we need to read it in order to get there. But uh, I think if the question is kind of getting at the idea of, uh, you know, Bible reading schedule, trying to get through the Bible as many times as you can versus slowing down and understanding what the Bible is saying. How, do you, how would you recommend a Christian just to balance that kind of those different approaches to the scriptures in their life? Yeah, I mean, that's a... You know, so I, I guess a uh, it's more you know. So I think an analogous question is how do you how do you do that? You know, so a question that I face quite a bit. So there's the there's sort of the personal aspect, but there's also the congregational aspect. Is how do you balance that at a congregational level? So you know, so Sunday morning we're going through Matthew. Um, we have a mini series we're going through right now, but our main series is Matthew, and uh, we have now hit forty sermons. And we are in Matthew 5. So I think that would classify more like the, you know, the detailed study where we're really trying to, t- I'm, at least I'm really trying to take a deep dive and really see how the pieces fit together and how Matthew can help us to read the scripture and dealing with the theological themes and exploring and really, you know, getting into a lot of, you know, that would be more like the study level. But we're also on Sunday night, we're going a chapter or two chapters at a time through Exodus. Um, so it'll take a little bit more time. Um, we won't be, you know, going, trying to get through Exodus 19 through, and 20 in, in one, one week. It'll be a little, you know, a couple, a couple weeks uh, getting through some of that material, but we're still going at a pretty fast clip as compared to Matthew. Um, and then in our neighborhood fellowships, you know, we're going a chapter, uh, sometimes two chapters, and that's just more reading over it. You know, so we kind of have like three different, you know, so I think you kind of have like three different speeds um, of like just reading the text and thinking about it and picking out like one or two, you know, things to meditate on and, and, and explore, which is kind of like the neighborhood fellowship. Um, so to me, that's kind of analogous to you're reading through the Bible in a year, you're doing your devotions. And really, I try in the neighborhood fellowship, you know, at least when I'm leading it to model, what would be the sort of reflections? So when I'm preparing to lead, I'm not doing a deep study of the book. I'm trying to make sure I understand the flow, have a general sense of it. I read the notes. It's, you know, a few pages. We give those notes to the leaders and really just make sure that I have a general sense of, of what the passage is about and be able to make some practical application. So to me, that's what I try to do, you know, when I'm doing my devotions. I'm reading through the Bible in a year or whatever reading program I'm doing. I'm reading over the text and I'm trying to make sure that I have one or two things to meditate on, you know, that I can pray over and, and incorporate, you know, I'm just, you know, something. So I'm not just reading over it and not thinking about it. But I'm sort of picking out one or two things that I'm going to think about. And then, you know, you have the more like uh, Exodus level or like, you know, Sunday night level where you're reading over it maybe a couple of times, maybe starting to access some resources, but maybe you're getting your, a study Bible. You know, you're reading some notes and you're, you're focused on that, that topic of that, that book, but you're not, you know, going along, you know, at a, you know, you're, you're um, you know, so if you're flying, you know, the flyover, and you have sort of the, you know, drive by and then you have the hands and knees, you know, Matthew would be more like the, you know, hands and knees one foot at a time where you're looking at every stone. But there's still so much that's being left out. You know, that's what 
when Josh gives me a hard time for how much I'm trying to cover, <laughs> I always remind him how much I didn't cover. <laughs> but I feel like that can be a small consolation. Um, but then, you know, uh, if so, making it analogous to personal study, then, you know, Matthew would be more like you're getting multiple commentaries on the book and you're, you know, diving into it. You're reading a book about it and you're really, you're really studying it. And so I think, you know, there can be multiple ways to do that. Um, one way can be to do a little bit of each, you know, where you, you know, do some big reading and then you have a project that you're doing in terms of, you know, so if I wasn't, if I wasn't pastoring, like if for some reason I was a, um, you know, so I didn't have that weekly, if I had another, you know, in, an, in, an, in another world, if I was doing something totally different, what I would probably do is have, you know, reading and then some book that I was studying independently on my own for my own benefit. Now, most of that gets into that kind of study I'm using to prepare to preach and teach, and I'm just reading, um, you know, for myself. Uh, so there could be doing both. Another thing uh, could be to alternate, you know, to take one year where you uh, read, you know, big chunks and take another year where you, you know, pick a particular book and read it over and over again and, and, and read the resources, you know, where you do different things. You know, so you can both do both at once or you could alternate as well. So I think both are necessary, but there's, there really is a, I think a, there really is a priority to just saturating yourself in the scriptures so that when, you know, when I preach, I reference a lot, a lot of scripture. Sometimes I'll say, as Paul says, or as, you know, someone someone says or something, but even other times I'll just quote scripture or reference scripture or allude to scripture. And, and that's one of the things I think that I want to do in preaching is I want to preach in such a way that the more you know about the Bible, the more joy you find in it. The more, you know, so that th there is a, there are additional layers of meaning that you would only get if you know the scriptures really well. So that then there's a benefit that the more you know about the scriptures, the more benefit you're getting uh, so that it's not like it requires that so that everyone has to have read the Bible, you know, 20 times in order to get any benefit out of the preaching. I want to do my best to make it understandable for even a new believer or someone who isn't a believer at all. But I want there to be like to reward digging into the scriptures that then you can make connections you wouldn't have otherwise been able to make. So I, that was a little bit of a ramble, but... <laughs> how do you see that? So I'd be interested then, how do you see the interplay between our personal study of the word and the study of the word that happens corporately as we come together and we listen to the word taught to us or preached to us? Uh, would, I guess, there be a way, that, or would you see one of like a, our Sunday night series where you're going through Exodus, right? or And doing more, you're definitely delivering more to us than we would get if we just read straight through the book, right? Without any kind of commentary or any kind of slowing down to study. Uh, would that be a, would, would basically if we're strategizing to say how deep and where are we going in on the scriptures, how should we then consider the, our corporate study of the word as a piece of Yeah, that I picture. guess that's what I was getting at. And I was a little yeah. bit confusing about that. But I guess what I was getting at is I think you should consider the corporate study as part of that. Okay. You know, so that, um, you know, we, you know, so that if you, you know, so I, I encourage people regularly, you know, read through the chapters we're going to talk about, think about them. So you have questions, um, you know, that then, you know, when you have, when you develop the questions and then you get an answer to the question or you find it not adequate and you push on it, um, you know, like, hey, you know, you said this, but I, this doesn't answer the question that I had, you know, then you're getting so much more benefit out of out of the teaching, um, you know, and I think that would be, you know, so I, if someone had the time to read, meditate on the Matthew passage, read, meditate on the Exodus passage, read through the Bible in a year, prepare for neighborhood fellowship and, you know, do more study, 
well, that's wonderful. Um, that'd be amazing. I don't know how realistic that would be. <laughs> you know, if you have that much time and you're that into the word and, and you're, you know, biblically qualified, we want you as one of the pastors. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's hard for me to keep up with all that I'm trying to teach. So to keep up with all of that and hold down a job and take care of your family, you know, so I would want to coordinate. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the model that we have is, you know, read through the Bible or do something similar, like you're reading the big chunks. And I think that's sort of the missing piece that there's only so much time so we can't read through the Bible in a year corporately. You know, we can teach, we can study, we can study different books, we can do these different paces, but that reading the big chunks where you know, you know, this is coming from Isaiah, or this is, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is coming from the Psalms or something like that. Which is what we're trying to do with generations in preparing our children right, yeah, exactly. for At least church. grounding them in the stories right. so that they know, they know the stories. Uh, and then, you know, daily Bible reading gets like, more the the text, like the, the, the words yeah, and the, the, details, the phrases, the, yeah, yeah. you know, like Sunday I gave, a, most of you probably would have figured out it was scripture because it used ye and I don't use ye unless I'm quoting scripture. But, um, you know, the, uh, why, what do you, why do you spend your, your money on that, which is not food? You know, I just put that in the course of it. So if you, you know, know Isaiah well, you'd know the verses that come before that and how those would tie into what was, you know, the verses that weren't quoted. And that's something the New Testament writers do all the time is there. They're, and I'm modeling, I'm trying to copy them, you know, they're, they're, they quote the Old Testament and their meaning for their readers who know the scriptures to think of the context in which that occurs and how that has an interplay with the context of the other words that they're quoting. And it, it's all, you just have to know it. You know, they don't tell you all of that because they're writing some people don't know it and, and they want what they're saying to be comprehensible to people who don't know the scriptures. Uh, but there's layer upon layer upon layer. And the more you know the Old Testament, the more you start to see those layers. And so I try to, anyways, that. Yeah. I would say also to that, that there has to be a, a different mindset towards understanding the sermon or the text itself in order to catch some of like what's happening, yeah. what's happening there when, cause someone can catch the illusion, but to catch the broader meeting is something that we have to just kind of re train our minds to think about the scriptures in a new way to start reading them that way. Yeah. And, and so it, once, until we start reading the scriptures that way, we're not going to start hearing those illusions in a sermon that way either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's really the reason why I'm spending so much time on Matthew and doing the series on the Matthew the way, the way that I am is because I think that's like one of the most urgent needs of our day is retraining the way that we read so that way that we read the scriptures, the way that we hear what we're looking for. And because Matthew is interacting so perpetually with the Old Testament, it really is sort of a vehicle for helping to, you know, regrind the glasses, as it were, to be able to see some of those layers. Because I think that's really fundamental to what all the New Testament writers are doing. It just is much more obvious. Matthew's very, he, it's very obvious. It's not always obvious what Matthew is doing, but that he's doing something like that is, is obvious. Uh, and so it becomes sort of like a good uh, segue for really discussing questions of how we read what we're looking for, what we're hoping for. Um, and you just keep coming back to it and back to it and back to it. Yeah, and I'm hoping right. over the course of the next however many years it takes to get through Matthew, that that really becomes a paradigm shift and people start, start seeing some of those things and making those connections. So here's what I'd love to see just in terms of the membership of the church as a whole. You know, I would love to see everyone with some sort of daily Bible reading schedule 
And, you know, ideally, I'd like everyone reading through the Bible in a year, but it may be that some, you know, read through a couple times a year, maybe some read through the New Testament. But at least I think it's realistic that everyone could be reading through the New Testament on a yearly basis and maybe the Old Testament every couple of years. That's something even for a slow reader that's possible. So everyone reading the Bible to get that sort of big chunk, the big hunks of being able to pick up on, you know, what's scripture and what's not even, just be able to hear that, hey, that's, I know that's in the Bible somewhere, that kind of sense. Um, And then sort of a second layer would be, you know, being engaged with what's being taught. Um, And so, you know, Matthew, we're going slow enough. It would take, you know, less than five minutes to read the next passage. You know, just be familiar with it so that you've, you know, you've thought about it. And Exodus, it wouldn't be that much additional. Um, You know, I usually, you 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 know what's coming next. And Neighborhood Fellowship, the same thing, you know what's coming next. And so if people were preparing for those things, you know, if they were reading the Bible on their own, and then they were engaged enough to be doing you know, five minutes, 10 minutes of, of prep, even just getting a sense of what is being talked about, you know, even if they didn't have time to read the whole thing, but they're engaging with it. And those who had more time and maybe were more studious by nature, if they were reading it and reading, you know, some sort of note or, you know, study Bible notes or something, you know, that they were engaged. So if everyone was reading the Bible and everyone was engaged with what we were doing, and then those who want to prepare for ministry, then, you know, that would be, hey, let me know you want to prepare for ministry and I can, you know, give you more resources or more things like, you know, here's what you should be doing to learn biblical languages or here's what you should be doing to, you know, learn about exegesis and hermeneutics and biblical interpretation or how to read better, you know, and recommended books like that. But I think that's more like you're, you're training for leadership. You want to be in some sort of maybe not staff or, or career ministry, but maybe you want to be a non-staff pastor or maybe you want to be a woman who's equipped to teach the Bible to others you know, that's where you're starting to get those additional resources where that would be beneficial. And so really, you know, getting everyone reading the Bible, everyone engaged with what we're doing corporately, and then those who want to go further, you're really preparing then to teach to teach others. And that's a good thing. Um, but that would be more like personal, like, where are you at life? Where are you in life? And, um, you know, let's, let's help equip you to minister to the saints. Well, so as you're reading the Bible, and uh walking through the scriptures and listening to sermons. If you hear something that is that kind of an illusion that you're confused about, or you have questions, or maybe you read something in the scriptures and you're wondering if that's an illusion, that would be a perfect question for Westside Unscripted. So send those questions in to Josh at Bible Direction for Life, and we will cue those up for future podcast episodes. Thank you so much for listening once again. Uh, we really appreciate your participation in the podcast by just listening in and sending questions. So if you have those, go ahead and send them to us, uh, or you can always catch me at church. But until next week, uh, we will be back. I was going to throw, I was gonna throw yeah, one thing in Okay, there. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was talking on Sunday to some of the teenagers in our church and found that they were listening to the podcast. That was so oh, wow. encouraging to me. Yeah. So I just wanted to put a shout out to all the young people in the church. Maybe it's just the two that I was talking to, but (laughs) (laughs) if you're a young person uh, listening to the podcast, know that that is a tremendous encouragement that that, uh, they had an interest in the things of the Lord and wanted to learn more, and uh, I hope that that spirit spreads. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks again for listening, and we hope that you join us again next week for more talk about all things theology and culture here on Westside Unscripted. Unscripted.